0: In keeping with the name, uh, I have saved thinking about this until like a couple of hours ago. Um, so I wanted to be true to the, true to the name and and make them as final as possible. Um, so I have been, I came to Chi Alpha, uh, not because of all these other stories that you'll hear about people like getting snow cones or, or tea. I just came because I wanted to come. Um, I, I, I wasn't bribed. Um. So I came and I, you know, really liked the group, made some buds, and and just really enjoyed them. Uh, I stuck with them the whole time. So, as you will hear from a lot of people tonight, I am sure, Kai Alpha is an excellent place to have really deep friendships uh, and have just a really tight community, um, as evidenced by R Twenty One Los Siete Amigos. Um, we've. We met each other freshman year, and now are just real tight buds, all living together, uh, except for Barrett. But uh, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> you're not. We're not living together, and we're not tight. But uh, no. Uh, um, during this time, I got to have a lot of uh, great close friendships. Among them, uh, one with Aaron Weiss, who is my girlfriend of the past. Couple of years now, um, so that's uh, that's significant, I guess. Um, I I got to lead two life groups, uh, Mission Impossible, and and Dude Cycleship with Carson. Um, obviously, these are the best names uh, of of any any life group that we have. So I really think that. Uh, you upcoming leaders who are, are thinking about naming your life groups, I might have some uh, some tips for you later on. Um, but yeah, overall, Chi Alpha is just an amazing group. Um, y'all have imp- impacted my life here at Georgetown so much. Uh, it's just great to have such deep and, and caring friends uh, among all of you. Um, doing lots of, uh, you know, I, I went on a, New York missions trip, my sophomore year, with with a couple of people, um, yeah, Los Gatos. Um, uh, we have it, like it's all good times, um, but it all does have this greater purpose of furthering the kingdom of God, and it really helps to, to keep centered on on those things that are really important. Um, so that's all that's all the sappy thing I'm going to say. Uh, now, now I want to make sure that you people. Who are naming life groups in the future have better names. One of one of one of my regrets is the fact that I only got to have two life groups that I named, but I thought of way more. Um, so now keep in mind these are these are the rejects from the brainstorming session. Uh, no one else was in this brainstorming session, it was just me. Um, and and there there are no bad ideas in a brainstorming session. So here, here's some potential names. Most of these are actually like most of them are guy exclusive, uh, because I was leading a guys' life group. But there might be some that that are that are uh, coed applicable, unisex, if you will. Um, the the his real lights, like Israelites, but his real lights. Um, the the guardians of the Gal- galaxy, guardians of the galaxy. Um, Broble, Brobel study or Bible study. Um, <laughs> getting, getting holy. <swiholi>. Um, <laughs> the, the, the be added dudes. Um, and these are, uh, these are some of the more like themed themed names, uh, like based, if, if they were going to be about a, a book of the Bible, or if we would have to sort of make it uh, fall into a theme. So if it were Beatitudes, it would be about the Beatitudes, obviously. Or uh, Bro-mans, um, off of Romans, obviously. Uh, if we were to study Galatians, it would be Galatians, clearly. Uh, and, or if it was Thessalonians, Thessalonians. Um... There could be a, a study about the Ten Commandments. Um, other, uh, otherwise, uh, moving on to just more general, um, could be mi- about Mr. Righteousness uh, instead of Mr. Right, Mr. Righteousness. Um, oh, here's a good one Teenage Mutant Christian Turtles. Uh, <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a good pun, I just replaced a word with the word Christian. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Um, I, I love it, though. Uh, dis hype Like, hype, dis hype ship uh, Another one for, for guy-exclusive. gent Because, like, like, gents. Um guys uh, that, that would be another good one. Or, or fellowship. Because uh, it's a bunch of fellas. Or the he ven hosts uh, or the, the, the share way to heaven, um, because we would be sharing at, in the life group. Um, and the last one that we could have done uh, would have required us to have chips and dip at every at every life group, and it would have been holy guacamole. holy. Uh, two holies in there. Um, so That was actually kind of a dud to land on, like to finish on, but I didn't have any others. Uh, That was just kind of the order that I put them in. Um, But honestly, y'all have been a blessing to my uh, whole Georgetown career, Uh, and I, I think that the future of Chi Alpha is bright, and Chi Alpha is a great family.
1: So I thought I'd play it for you guys tonight. That's the thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, one of the real um, I cannot try to follow Adam in his finest, but I will do this. Uh, raise your hand if you consider yourself a church kid. Kind of someone who grew up in church, his parents like going to church on Sunday is a very normal thing which you always did and know. Yeah, awesome. So I kind of hope that <laughs> the things I have to say are. Maybe a little bit more point for you guys, because these are some of the lessons that were hardest for me to learn, I think, because of that background, kind of being a church kid. I also think they're applicable to everybody, but I think for us church kids, it's kind of a more difficult thing sometimes. So, the two big points that I kind of want to go over are um, this. In your life, don't let the gospel become stale. Mm. And the second point is, when you're approaching your prayer life, when you're approaching your time with God, crave intimacy with Jesus. So those are the two big points, kind of the two big things that I, I hope you remember. Um, so kind of why these things give my life is we had Easter just a couple weeks ago. And Easter for me is kind of a a mixed emotion time. I growing up, I actually always enjoyed Good Friday a lot more for some reason. I couldn't really tell you why specifically until I started to think about it more. And when I realized that for me, Good Friday was kind of like those were the people, let's be honest, the people that are really religious were the ones that went on Good Friday. And Easter becomes more of a a cultural thing, you kind of get more people, you kind of realize that everyone that dressed up a lot more than everybody else like, oh yes, you're new here. (laughs) Um, And with that being said, Easter services were also a lot more evangelical, you know, they're kind of trying to bring in those people and kind of bring them the message of the hope of of Easter and the hope of the gospel. And I kind of realized that I became so used to the repetition of Easter and so used to what I knew the gospel was that it became stale. I didn't find the joy and beauty of it. And it should be the biggest thing of all time. Like, it is the moment in history where everything changed. Jesus, in that moment, he paid for our sins on Good Friday. But in the moment of his resurrection, he brings us that life and the victory over sin and death. And that's what it's all about. That's the biggest thing. That is the gospel, is that Jesus is brought us that victory. He brings that life to us. And for me, I let it all get bogged down. How much about that I knew. For me, knowing about God, craving the knowledge of God, replaced my ability to let God know who I was. Um, and so yeah, so it was that repetition and that that craving of the knowledge of God, but not letting God know me that really kind of made the gospel stale for me for a really long time. And that didn't mean that I didn't try to get involved in church. I did I did things to try to maybe get at that, but still somewhere underneath all that. There wasn't any life to my relationship with God. Um, And so this thought kind of struck me, say, Easter of my sophomore year. And it kind of simmered. Fast forward, because of course, life gets in the way of some of these things. And over my winter break of my junior year, I came across this book that actually, this book that my um, life group leader, Felix, sent me. It's called um, The Beautiful Outlaw by John Aldridge. And it kind of focuses on what is the personality of Jesus that we see in the gospel. And there was one story that's become one of my favorite stories in, the, in all the Gospels that really stuck out to me that he talks about. It's um, John 21 when the disciples decided to go fishing again after um, the resurrection. They go out on the boat and they don't catch anything all night. And the morning dawn kind of comes and Jesus walks up on the shore. And like, he has just won everything. Like, this is the biggest victory of all time was happening. He's resurrected, he's risen, he's in his full form. Like He can do anything. He can do anything. Walk over there and have the waves like do anything he wanted. He could have <laughs> out in a voice that's like ten times any microphone you can possibly imagine. And so he walks over and he's like, So you guys did you catch anything? Which is like the most classic thing a fisherman you ever ask a fisherman because it's like that's what you do. You walk up, you see someone fish you're like, oh, did you catch anything? It's just the most casual way to enter into the scene. And they're like, No. Because they didn't. And then he <laughs> and then he harkens back to this inside the also think is an inside joke between him and the side which is like, so uh, throw your nets onto the right side of the boat, which is exactly how he got some of these those same people that are in that boat to come and follow him in the first place. So imagine in the a moment they're like, is this guy, is he, is he messing with us? What is, he, what is he doing here? And they pull it up, and it becomes full of fish, and Peter immediately knows. And he goes sprinting through the water towards mm-hmm. Jesus, swimming, flailing. It's a hundred yards, so it probably takes him a little bit. And then it's just a little bit of an awkward moment. Jen, Jesus is absolutely loving it. And he has breakfast to prepare for them, and they get in. And it's just a beautiful moment where Jesus is really bringing them into relationship again with him. Mm -hmm. And kind of when I look through that story, I kind of see the personality of Jesus, that Jesus is really alive. And that was a really big turning point for me, kind of seeing that I had this stale view of God. God was something that held at arm's length, was kind of what I used in my to create my worldview, was what I put all my logical constructions of the world on. But he wasn't a person. He wasn't somebody that I could be in a relationship in that way because I didn't understand I didn't let myself see God like that and so fast forward to the next semester I got to go I got to be a part of something called the um, Ignatian uh, a, the Prayer and Daily Life Ignatian Spirituality Retreat is the full.
0: <laughs>
1: there um, and doing those exercises I kind of realized that um, that's kind of when all of that clicked I kind of realized that the Gospel stayed with me because. I was holding God I was like, because I was trying to know about him, but I didn't let him know who I was. I didn't open myself up to him. And it was when I was going through those, those exercises, kind of engaging God spiritually, that I realized that my prayer life in a lot of ways was, was transactional and it was one way. I was telling God, you know, thank you for doing this for me. I was telling like, can you please help me out with this? I was just talking. I was filling the void with what I wanted to say to God, what I was taught to say to God, what I thought was right to say to God. I was trying to say the right things and do the right things even when I was approaching God in those silent times even like in those quiet times. And I said silent because, for me, that was the hardest thing for really thinking about how can I operate prayer as a two-way thing. How can I let God talk to me? And a lot of that was, I didn't let that happen because I was afraid of silence. I was afraid of not hearing anything. I was really terrified of God not showing up. And going through this spiritual retreat and being able to talk with, with John, who is my spiritual advisor, kind of going through this understanding that facing those fears and letting God move in those times are the moments where He really can reach out to you and the moments where you can really dive into those things that He's been trying to work on you for so long um, I was looking back over the notes that I took over the time of that um, there were a lot of themes a lot of things that came up um, that were like, deep-rooted things that God really took that time to, to tell me that He was a part of the time of not to comfort me and kind of bring those, those pains and those things. And so I think that's one of the biggest things when I say, like, create intimacy with God is it takes a lot of courage and a lot of, it's really hard to open up yourselves that because it involves diving into some of those deep pains, some of those things that maybe happened to you when you were a kid that were wrong, some of those things that you don't understand why God would let this happen or why that would happen. And really, having the confidence in God to yell at him, to get mad at him, to ask why to be confused, not understanding why this happened to this person, why I don't get this, you know, just kind of bringing those insecurity, those flaws and the sin to him, those are the moments which God can help and really be there and really show you what his love really means. And it's hard. It's hard. I definitely had moments where I thought I was just listening to nothing and looking at a wall. But there were also other moments where I was deeply profoundly connected to God and found, from being else found his voice in some ways. I wasn't always auditory, as sometimes it kind of was, but um, having those intimate moments, God, I think are the, the most important things and one of the hardest things that I've had to learn through college I've learned because I was so used to being so churched. I knew how to say all the right things. I knew what the behaviors expected of me. I knew how to go above well and beyond. You know, I knew what it was like to leave, I was like, things about the Bible. But really stepping back and knowing God in a way that is opening yourself up to him, I think, it's so hard, it's so rewarding. And so that's probably the biggest thing that I've learned in college. Um, so, yeah, I'll be on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: Last weekend, um, seniors were on a retreat, and we were, we were going through a little bit of an exam and kind of thinking back through all four of our years. And I, I had wrote a poem during that time. It's not really tight at all, um, and I still personally need to go back through it and kind of tighten it up and make edits to it. But I'll share it with you, and then I'll go through my story a bit. Um, Even as I openly walked to failure, my heart was fixed on progress, my mind on truth. Little did I know I was seeking you. I accepted, I've i accepted your embrace, walked to your call. You loved me so that I have nothing to prove. You guided me. Detours are acceptable by your grace. You reminded me, at your own pace, this is not a race. Where we lack, you provide guidance. Where I lack, you blessed me with patience. Where she lacked, you provided mentors. When I doubted, you reminded me that I can. Continue to speak that I may follow. Um, so my my own my own journey has been a bit of a weird one. Like I'm pretty I'm pretty much a new member to Chi Alpha. <laughs> like I literally joined last semester. And I remember the work the first time I walked through those double doors, and Mary like just completely just runs up to me. and was like come come come! Like <laughs> 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 Stephanie, told me to say hi. And I'm, I'm just there like, you know my facial expression, no smile, not dangerous Okay. You were totally convinced I wasn't coming back. But of course I came back the week afterwards, and the week after, mm. and the week after. And here I am today. Um, so my journey has been a little strange um, in that to some degree, I can claim that I technically did grow up in the church, not as much. My family wasn't the most devoted of families. Um, but a lot recently, my mom has been getting a lot into her own faith, and she's been taking on leadership roles in her own church. Um, so, especially, it, it kind of happened for her over the last four or five years or so. So whenever I'd go back home, she would always invite me to her church. It was an opportunity for her to brag about me. Like, my son goes to Georgetown! Um, so she had those moments. So, I, so I, always, uh, I, always, I always went with her just to give her those, those little moments where she could feel happy about her son. Um, but this past summer, I went to my mom's church, and there was a woman there who preached that day. And she called me out, she called, my, she called me uh, and another young lady out in the church, and she kept telling us, Carl, and I forgot her name, um, God and education will be your path to success. And, like, literally after she gave that, the next day I was out and I was traveling back to Georgetown. And, you know... When, a, when an older woman tells you something, it kind of like plays in your, in, your, in your mind. It's like whenever you have that old lady that you meet somewhere randomly, mm, and like they cool. tell you, like, do this, you actually end up doing it, you don't know why. It was kind of one of those things. <laughs> 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 so, um, so I actually ended up following her advice. Um, I came to campus, and I actually started seeking out a faith group. And that led me to speak to one of my chaplains, Stephanie, which told you to look out for me when I came to Chi um, But it was through that and then through Stephanie that I eventually came here. So, and, and I've stayed, like, when I, when, I, <laughs> when I came through those doors, even though my face, my face never shows anything, right? But when I came through those doors, I just saw how happy everyone was, and, I felt as though I was able to see the face of God in everyone in here. Um, And that's honestly what kept me coming. So with that being said, um, I think it's it's great to be aware of the effects as Christians that we have on campus. You know, even (laughs) me talking about smiles. Even our simple smiles can say a lot about the God that we worship. Um, Our action says a lot about the God that we worship, and, you know, just our behaviors eventually can bring someone else to God and to Christ, and I think I'm a testament to that reality. Um, So I'm forever grateful for Chi Alpha. I I wish I had joined Chi Alpha a little bit sooner, but uh, sadly I didn't. Um, Everything happens within their own times. I was dealing with my own things, Um, but I came here at the right time, I feel, and I'm looking forward to growing in faith. And I'm looking forward to continuing the relationships that mm. I've, I've acquired since coming here. Um, so I'm forever grateful, I'm eternally grateful for Bonnie and just the entire Chi Alpha family. So just thank you guys. Mm-hmm.
3: Town in August 2014, a new Christian who was from Michigan, in the college, living in apartment three, there <laughs> hoping to study psychology. <laughs> a few days after moving in, I was walking in Red Square and I was met by two then student leaders, now two close friends who are both in this room, who offered me a smile and bowl of tea. After a mix-up of whether or not CAFA was a sorority, I was hoping it wasn't, well, they thought that, I was hoping it was. <laughs> I realized then that it was instead of campus ministry, something at that moment I didn't even want to be a part of. I realized now that God called me to Georgetown because of CAFA. So I arrived at the first open table of the year and our former director, John, stood in front of a graphic that said, you guessed it, all is grace. He spoke about the messiness of the Christian community and the grace that abounds within that. He warned me that Chi Alpha might let me down. And while I'm sure that there's been times where that might have been true, I walked away then and now, more impacted by the grace that existed around and in the midst of that. So that is what I want to leave you with. Do not miss out on the grace that overflows in this place and through these people. To me, grace is forgiveness, it is mercy. As Bonnie so sweetly puts it, it is loving people more than they expect or they deserve. There's a song that I love called, Blessed Be Your Name. In it, there's two verses that ring equally true to God's goodness to me through Kyle Fudd. The first goes like this. Blessed be your name, when the sun is shining down on me, when the world is all that it should be, blessed be your name. And if I close my eyes and I picture moments like that, where the sun is shining down on me, the people I picture are people surrounding me in this room today. You've encouraged my heart for ministry, worship, creativity, You've lightened my days with coffee chats, lunch dates, movie nights, bachelor watching nights, and prayer gatherings. You've worshipped with me. You've selflessly moved me into my apartment while I was at work. You've traveled with me to West Virginia, Michigan, Hawaii, Haiti, Scotland. You've improved my Instagram setting. You've seen my depression improve and my relationship grow. You've written in my last four birthdays and my recent job offer. The Lord has been so good to me through all of you. The next verse goes like this. Blessed be your name, when the road's marked with suffering. Though there's pain in the offering, blessed be your name. And here in this verse, I see the same thing. People in this room who bore the weight of my pain alongside me. You've prayed for me on the steps outside Neville's and in the hallways of FJR. You've battled my depression with me. You've held my hand through through a breakup and the death of my grandfather. You've brought me coffee ice cream when I was sad and tea when I was sick. You've loved me in my sin and my brokenness, even when I love you down Again, the Lord has done so good to me through all of you. In the messiness of this community, there is so much grace. It's taken me a long time to see it appear in the cracks between suffering and elation. I urge you to find that grace and multiply it. Know that there will be highs and there will be lows and messiness in between, but the Lord works so, so well in all those things. Take time to notice, to encourage, and to invest, because relationships here will be you I came to Georgetown with a young faith, a broken relationship, and unaddressed mental health issues. But because of God's work through the people in this room, I'll leave with a strong faith, a lifelong partner, an improved mental health, and friends that truly became family. Mm -hmm. So when we say that all is grace, remember that that means that grace can be found in all. All places, all people, all circumstances. Let the prayers of this community lift you up when you can't do it yourself. And when you've regrained your string, either one can go several miles again.
4: We have this catchphrase around here, kind of a slogan. Uh, It says, you don't need Chi Alpha, you just go do Chi Alpha somewhere else. Um, And with graduation coming up, I've been thinking about that a lot, and what that means. Um, And specifically, I've been thinking about what it means to do Chi Alpha. Um, And when I was thinking about that, I think another kind of catchphrase came to mind. And that one is that Chi Alpha is a family. Um, And I think that's essentially what doing Chi Alpha is about, is about being a family. And, you know, I've truly felt in the past uh, four years that this group, uh, both the people in this room and a lot of people outside it, um, really have been a family to me. Uh, And, you know, like my family back home, it's, it's not a family that's bonded by blood, but it's a family that's bonded by other things. And um, there's kind of three things that I was thinking about when I was thinking about what has kind of brought this family together. Um, so I'm going to talk about those. First and foremost um, is a shared love of God and the desire to serve Him. Um, the second is a, a shared set of experiences and memories. Um... And I'm, I'm not going to talk about what those memories are exactly, but I'm just going to, like, stop talking for a second. Because I think we can all kind of think of things that have happened over the past few years that, like, have brought a lot of us together. And and I think about, I think about all those times. They're kind of like countless. Like, I can just keep thinking of memories that, um, I have built with lots of you, where you know I've just talked with you guys, or laughed with you, or hung out with you, or occasionally even cried with you guys, or got lunch, or just spent a morning together, um, or walked down to the mall, or across to the tidal basin. Um, and I think that those interactions they really brought us together, even if they're not specifically focused on God or really. Focused on anything in particular, they're just hanging out together and having fun together, and I think that those kinds of interactions bring people together, and they're really important, um, and they're part of what it means to be a family. And uh, third is a shared dedication to serving others. Um, I've really been floored by the um, kind of the, the self-sacrificing kindness and uh, generosity that. My Chi Alpha family has demonstrated uh, to other people and to people uh, within this group. Uh, You know, earlier today I went to this talk by this Jesuit, Will and uh, Grace, and a few other people, and uh, it was it was about what it means to be a good person, how that relates to Jesuit education, Um, and he focused on the example of the Good Samaritan. And he said something that I'd never heard before about that story. Um, He said that the question that the Good Samaritan asked was not what will happen to me if I stop and help this guy, which is the question that the Levite and the priest asked, and then they left him there to die. Um, (laughs) But the question was, what will happen to him if I don't stop, and if I don't take the time to uh, help this guy? And I think that you guys have really demonstrated that um and it's been really cool for me to watch and, and i can think of a lot of examples of this too like some some that stick out or felix and JLL when i was a freshman and a sophomore they would um they were really busy doing a lot of different things but they'd always have time for people that needed them or um michelle um, was always able to give an encouraging word to someone um even when she needed it as much as they did, or David Van Slyke buying a Bible for someone that didn't have one, or Katie and Beatrice always opening their house for people, um, <coughs> just to hang out and play games, um, the Cam volunteering with the Boy Scouts, or Carson, who's not here volunteering at a homeless shelter, and uh, I think I really admire that stuff, and I respect it, and It's really made me feel like I'm a part of a good family that loves and cares about other people. So I think those three things, um, a shared love of God, and a desire to serve Him, and uh, a dedication to serving other people, and um, a shared set of experiences. um, Those three things are really important, and if you want to keep doing Chi Alpha, if you're seniors and you're going to do Chi Alpha somewhere else, uh, build that family there. And do those things with them. And if you're staying here, continue to do those things. And uh, I think that's what has made Chi Alpha grow. It's been really important to each of our experiences here on the Hilltop. And, uh, yeah, I just think that's really important. So those are my final thoughts. Finally, uh, <laughs> one more thing. Uh, <laughs> Keep in touch. Uh, I don't know where I'm gonna be yet, probably hopefully in DC, but uh, <laughs> reach out if you need anything and you know, I really like you guys, I love you guys and you're my family. So mm. that's all I gotta say.